Thanks to our sponsor, Walker Digital, who have stepped in to help the Numbers Game podcast with their social media. Walker Digital are a digital marketing agency covering strategy, content, video, implementation, and education. The team at Walker have spread the word of our clients and love working with businesses doing good things helping them to grow and reach more people so they can scale and get larger. I know personally, the first thing I did when growing our business was to outsource social media, blogs, and copywriting because I knew it was something that was not the best use of my time. And the team at Walker Digital smashed it. Sometimes you need to walk before you can run. Find out more at their website, wlkr.digital. This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. The conversations are of a general nature and do not qualify as financial or tax advice. We recommend before you make any financial decisions, you consult a licensed professional. Individuals on the podcast may hold positions in the companies discussed. Welcome to episode 35 of The Numbers Game and our finale for season three. I'm Jason and I'm joined with Nick and Marty and we are pumped. It is the end of 2021. Christmas is on the horizon. Boys, tell me you're up and about. How are you going? Are we going to make it? It's the most wonderful time of the year. I'm excited. Presents to buy, credit card limits going up, people (laughs) spending. It's a joyous time of the year in the lead up and we've had a a big challenge in the last uh, two years, so we're free. We're going to be enjoying summer like we've never enjoyed it before. So I'm pumped. Nick, how are you going, my friend? Oh, man, I'm just just astonished at the dulcet tones of Marty Vitakovic. You just <laughs> have an incredible voice, mate, and we should hear more of it. So, uh, look, I agree. There's a there's definitely a vibe out there at the moment, and it's obviously coming into Christmas, so people are happy. But uh, there's something different this year. There's something different and, you know, we've all been locked up. So I just think it's going to be a fantastic um, Christmas break and lead up to Christmas and they're yeah, really looking forward to it. And it's sad this is our last episode for the year, boys, but we'll rest up and we'll be back stronger in 2022. Definitely. On today's episode, I'll be uh, talking about reflection. We'll be looking back at the year that was and uh, also going to bring you some really boring news about director identification numbers. What's, what have you got, Marty? Well, I'm going to be talking about all I want for Christmas is more money like everyone else. And uh, we're going to be looking at what we're looking forward to in 2022 as well. Nick, what have you got for us? What's changed? What's different now? So, you know, Jason's going to talk about what's happened in the last 12 months, but what's the one thing or two things that were happening in January that are not happening now, whether it's personally or in business. So excited, boys. Let's play. Reading the play, where we bring you the interesting news and topics that you need to know about. And uh, Nick, you're going to start us off uh, off the back of my superannuation uh, meltdown last week. You've brought to us another super story today. So what have you got in the realm of superannuation for us? Yes, I have. And I just want to say to start with that this is not a bash on the industry funds. This is just an article that I read and I thought it was important to bring it to the table uh, because a lot of people won't know this. But there's a new law that's been passed with the fascinating name of Section 56 Amendment. If anyone's interested, look it up. Um, But the headline was that this amendment threatens to make industry funds insolvent. And the reason that is, is, well, let me just talk about the law first. So the law is that Industry funds or super funds in general, not just industry funds, can no longer use members' fees to pay fines. So if they're fined by the regulators or they do something wrong, traditionally it's all in a big pot and they would use members' fees um, to pay these fines. They cannot do that anymore. Now, where that's a problem, particularly for industry funds, is they actually don't hold any cash on their balance sheet. All of the the member funds are all held in trust. So the stat that I read in the article said the industry funds actually only, part, only hold around a dollar on their, on, on, on their balance sheet as cash. So wow. if they were to receive one of these fines, which at times can be up to a million dollars, they become insolvent. So where does this leave industry funds? Um, basically, what's happening at the moment is, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pick on Australian Super, but Australian Super is seeking court approval to transfer some of its members' retirement savings into a new reserve earmarked for paying fines issued by regulators. So um, the other thing is it's not just Australian Super. There's, 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 three, or four, um, there's three or four industry funds that are, seek, that are seeking advice. And why is industry funds? Because retail funds obviously have brands behind them and there is resources there to pay those fines. Industry funds are for the members. So 
they don't hold any money outside of um, the the members' actual super funds. So, um, Super Minister Jane Hume, what's her response to this? So she has basically said to the organisation behind, um, but you know, but behind trying to get this changed is that unions and employer groups uh, should cough up and pay the fines instead of members. So industry funds are obviously backed by unions or backed by employer groups. Um, so Minister Hume is saying, yeah, you, you, you pay that out of your own groups or you, know, you don't pay that out of your super fund members' money. So interesting topic. Will it get passed? Who knows? Look, I hope it doesn't because I think at the end of the day <laughs> – these, if these groups are going to exist, they need to be, uh, they need to be able to trade, and that might, in this case that includes paying fines if they come if they come up. Why should a member have to pay for a fine uh, that the organisation um, gets because of something that they did wrong? It has nothing to do with the member, so it absolutely makes no sense to me. I don't know a great deal about how the unions work, but. I guess the flip side of that is either way, it's probably going to come from the members because I guess your union fees are going to go up if they can't pay it out of your benefit. So, yeah, it's an interesting topic and it's it's just something that most listeners probably wouldn't really think about. But, um, yeah, any thoughts on that, gents? I think the first thing that comes up, and, and I think it's in any business, how a shift of policy and legality and appetite uh, can can really cause a lot of uh, a lot of issues within a business. and. That's a that's a big fundamental shift, and particularly the benefit of going into the industry super funds is always low cost, and there's so much advertising around it. So I can't imagine how many people would have money up in those funds, and mm. it's um, I don't know. It just feels like all of a sudden the uh, the the ground isn't as steady as I would have imagined, just as even as a consumer. So yeah, fascinating, mate. Yeah, it's 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 eye opening. I mean, just the thought of using um, a member's a super fund member's funds to pay fines and penalties seems I mean, crazy. That's, a, that's that's just a yeah. foreign thought. I mean, I never thought that would even be a thing. And the fact that from Jan Jan onwards, it's not a thing. I think that's fantastic, and and it's great for the, to have the eyes open. And I guess the question just in my head is going, well, why the hell weren't the the unions or the the businesses behind running it paying the fines in the first place? I mean, they've they've got to have their own profit and loss and generate their own income and profits. The uh, fines should be coming out of that, as you said. It's, yeah, mind-boggling. It's madness, and particularly when you're talking about fines. It's like, well, hang on, you've done the wrong thing. So why do we have to pay that as a member? Mm. So crazy stuff, but, you know, it's a – you could go down a rabbit hole with this, but – I have a big issue with the way uh, industry funds represent themselves um, compared to certain retail funds or wholesale funds, whatever it might be, but they really put themselves up on a pedestal um, and it's not necessarily the case and uh, it's something that we discuss in our office all the time and we discuss with our clients um, that just because it's an industry fund, if you see a TV ad, that they're always doing the right thing it's not necessarily the case. So great inside information, Jace. What have you got for us? Well, um, after last week's uh, depressing kind of mad ramble about super funds, I thought I'd bring something equally as exciting to the table today, and I'm going to be talking about director identification numbers. Um, again, listeners, do not leave. Bear with me. I'll make this quick, and I'll make it easy to understand. Um, if you, what is a director identification number first? So it's a unique 15 digit identifier, which is going to be given to directors um, who are running companies uh, in Australia. Now, the reason for this is kind of like you have a driver's license number, you've got a tax file number, but on the forming a company and director side, there was ways where they weren't really able to track and see who's a director of what company. Some directors changed their name and started another company. So I'll get to kind of the little bit more detail around that first. But effectively, from the 1st of November, they've brought in director identification numbers and it's going to come in in different tranches. So if you're an existing director of a company, get it sorted. If you want to have a company, you're going to need to apply for one. So why does a director ID exist? So it's basically they want to prevent the use of false or fraudulent director identities. Um, it's not like when you go to set up a, a bank account, um, you've got to provide the bank with all these different things so the bank can ID you. If you're forming a company, you can kind of put in whatever you want about the director and there's no real checks and measures um, to make sure that person 
is real um, and all their information's correct. I mean, um, in the early days, I've I've given someone the wrong date of birth when applying for them to be a director. And, you know, if you can make a simple mistake like that, how how easy would it be to not get right and, and accidentally put the wrong details and make it hard to be traced? Um, this is in relation to a lot of illegal Phoenix activity when a company's liquidated or wound up. You know, you've got employees missing out on wages and super. Here I go again. You've got subcontractors being left unpaid. Um, and what happens is if people are forming these companies and then liquidating them or this illegal Phoenix activity, it's giving some people an unfair advantage because they're building up a business, making, taking, sucking out all the profits, and then they're not paying their bills, sink the company, get left with a big pile of money, and off they go and start again. So the ATO has been trying to stamp out this kind of activity for a long time. And they think director ID is going to go a long way into helping stop this kind of behavior from happening. Um, The dates, if you're already a director before 31st of October, you've got until November 2022 to register. Um, So you've got time. But again, like any life admin or business admin or admin in general, we usually try and leave it to the last minute, which I'm trying to urge you to not leave to the last minute, get it sorted it's not too hard and you can just be one of the first ones to kind of push it through and, and have it done. Um, so, if you, But if you're about to become a new company director, you will need to apply for this beforehand um, and get that sorted. And you've got to do it within, I think it's within 28 days of appointment. You need to make sure you have your director ID number um, and then they will start to look at penalties if, if you're not abiding by the rules. Simple steps. You need a MyGov ID. So I think most people now will have their MyGov ID set up because of the vaccine passports and Services Australia and all that kind of business of checking in now. Um, There'll be a few documents you need to gather. You know, you need your tax file number, bank details, ATO notices, super details, Centrelink payments, all this stuff to identify yourself to make sure you are who you say you are. And effectively, you'll log in through your MyGov ID and you'll apply for your director identification number. I'm believed, I'm told, and and I believe that it's about a 15 to 20 minute process if you have everything ready to go on your end. Um, So yeah, for directors out there, get your director ID number sorted. Um, And if you're going to start a company, um, if you are, whoever you're going through to form your company, if they're not mentioning that you need a director ID, probably start to ask some questions as to why you're not being given all the information you need. It's a great advice. Yeah, I actually got the email from my accountant probably three, four weeks ago. Awesome. I heard of it and um, and I think it's a great idea. I think uh, anything that makes it a fairer market and people are getting tracked and responsible for their behaviour, I think uh, that's uh, fair's fair across the board. So I think it's a great initiative. Beautiful. I'm going to talk about something a little bit, uh, yeah, a little bit uh, unique. But all I want for Christmas is more money. That's just the headline tag to draw you in, kids. Draw you in. <laughs> but really what I wanted to talk about is places like uh, Kmart, Officeworks and Cadbury's Chocolates are facing two really big issues leading into Christmas. And we all like chocolate at Christmas. We want those stocking fillers, so we need to do something about it. They're short-staffed with over 2,500 jobs that need to be filled. And this is partly due to the great resignation, I'm sure, uh, with everyone uh, enjoying the uh, benefits over the last two years and sort of getting back into the market, needing to work. There's also usually we'd have international students that came in, come in and take up a lot of those jobs and people that are travelling that take on those jobs as well. So there's, uh, yeah, there's a big shortfall of jobs. So if you want some work, for goodness sake, go to those three organisations. But the issue for businesses as well is the existing staff uh, sort of boycotting at the moment, wanting pay rises up to 8% as well and holding strike actions in order to get it. So it's a really fascinating problem at the moment because, like, I'm two sides of the fence here. I'm thinking as a business owner, but I'm also thinking of, you know, good on the, good on the everyday person too, getting their wage increase as well. But it, it poses a problem because you know, we have to almost retrain the nation to get back to work again on, on one level. And another level is we've really got to, the businesses are going to be hemorrhaged on cash flows still based on coming out of COVID, or some of them will be. And we need to find our feet again in business and start really rocketing forward into 2022. So it's a very, very vulnerable time. And But again, I, I would encourage business owners to really think about creating favourable working uh, conditions for people because again, there's a lot of movement in the market with resignations and um, yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities out there 
that need to be filled. So it's quite a fascinating time. I don't think we've seen it at this uh, at this level ever before. So yeah, just wanted to bring that to the table, guys. Yeah, it's uh, there's, well, there's there's been a lot of uh, commentary on that stuff, Marty. And you know, any any business owner you talk to at the moment, staff is the key problem. Um, whether it's products, services, trades, whatever it might be. So. Yeah, you know, the one thing I'd say is the grass isn't always greener either. Um, so I think if you create a great culture, um, you know, you want to be able to retain your staff for more than money, um, and probably, probably something we might talk about a bit later. Um, personally, I think you're going to talk about some of this stuff, Marty. But yeah, how important is culture uh, to to retain your people and and the good people? Um, so yeah, good one. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Marty. I think um, the money the money aspect's interesting and. Um you know, we've been doing a bit of bit of research or learnings around um, a system that we use called Everperform, uh, where it tracks and measures the employee satisfaction. But it's not all about um, the job and what we do day to day in the job. But we bring in things that you know, Nick's saying the grass isn't always green on the other side. Are you getting fresh air? Are you having meaningful conversations with your colleagues? There's so much more to job satisfaction than money. Um, but I mean, from the employee side, all good and well that uh, they put their hand out for a pay rise after what's been, if they've propped up that company and helped that company survive for two years and they know, you know, a lot of companies are reporting record profits and they've got record profits off the back of no pay rises for two years, um, you know, and, and whether that's retail, manufacturing, professional services, um, you know, as as the great resignation is upon us uh, heading into next year and and as employees start to put their hands out you know they they know this information it's publicly available so yeah challenging times for the employers but i say um they don't want to be facing a very difficult uh job market heading into next year they've they're probably gonna have to come to the party and put things in place to look after their teams we'd love to hear from you send us an email hello at the numbers game podcast.com.au all right, today's one percenter, guys. Really excited for this. It's uh, the finale. It's the end of 2021, and you know we've got our thoughts of 2022 upon us. So, bit of a different one percenter this time. Um, we're going to share some thoughts and takeaways, and uh, we might start with yours, Marty, on your thoughts and biggest takeaways from the 2021 year as we reflect back. Yeah, I think I think the thing that I learned this year, and it, it probably consolidates all the previous years in business, that there are always challenges in in business. And that's okay. Like um, it's amazing how when things go wrong in the moment, you can panic, and there's an initial there's an initial emotion around it, which hasn't changed from year to year. But I think that's the thing I realised that um, there's no problem that can't be solved with good thinking and good strategy around it, and just keeping a calm mind. And that's probably evidence to me this year more than some of the others. Um, so yeah, that, that was one of my biggest takeaways. The, the other thing was really building a bigger business was the need to communicate. And I know we've talked about this in previous episodes, but just the fact that you've got to really communicate to your team in real time. And it's amazing if you don't, um, how stories can be made based on what's going on. And sometimes there can be 50 different stories. And that's okay. That's not, that's not the individual's issue on the on the end of that. It's it's usually a leadership issue. So I think one of my big um, takeaways is the need to really, and it's not over communicate. It's just good communication around circumstances that are happening in real time in the business. Um, so for all the good performance that's happened, they were really two areas, and they're probably more holistic and uh, philosophical areas. But it was really the importance of knowing there can't be any challenge that can't be resolved as long as you keep a steady mind and you get good people around you and ask for advice. And that communication piece is really critical um, as well. But they were they were my two big takeaways. Um, not to mention learning another heap in regards to business in uh, which is probably my twenty second year in uh, run, running businesses. So that's been. Uh, a phenomenal experience for me this year. Um, what about yourself, Nick? What What do you know now that has shifted from you know the start of the year? What applied then, and what applies now? And any anything that you take away? Oh, look, just to just to back up what you said, and I think the two things you said are actually linked. Um, you know, you're talking about there's no problem that can't be fixed, and 
second that you're talking about communication. So you know, just just leading through uh, call call it a crisis. You know, how how do you lead your team through a crisis such as COVID or um, or whatever it might be? But communication is the key to all of that. And I guess um, I guess the thing you said there that that really resonated and well really really made me think about ourselves personally and our, and our business is we've had significant disruption this year um but we've still grown the business at a really good level and we still have happy people in our business so you know there's there's you you quickly learn that you can overcome anything with good people around you um and you've just got to keep on pushing forward so i think you're right nick just to add to that a little more is I go, the other thing I recognise, and, and COVID certainly taken this equation out um, in businesses, is the importance of social interaction of team. And I, I think just in regards to the vibrancy of in-house communication and getting to know team members deeper as a part of the work you do, I think that when we talk about the great resignation, people haven't had that connectivity over the last two years. So all they've had is the work and that's something in 2022 i'm really looking forward to because i think that certainly makes an impact not really deepening connection within the team to add to communication and resolving problems as well so i think that sits um really importantly for me yeah, yeah and look just to just to add to that again about people um if i look at one of my biggest takeaways from the year and a reflection on what we've learned it's We've got a really good understanding on who we want in our business now. So not just from a skill set point of view, from a culture point of view, uh, personality point of view, all of the challenges that we've had this year have really helped us. You know, we, we call them avatars. Who are our avatars that we want in the business? So we've, we've learned a lot and that's probably the biggest takeaway for me uh, from a business point of view, just personally and, you know, not to... <laughs> Not to bring it down at all, but I think you know we've all had. I know everyone on this podcast has had a significant loss in the last twelve months, um, whether it was a family member, friend, um, or, or whatnot. So I think for me, it's it's the importance of uh, of being happy. And I think you know we we talk about the personal losses that we've all had, but there's also the COVID situation. But you know, time time isn't infinite. Make sure you're happy. Make sure that what you're doing in business is what you want to do if you don't have the drive to go into business the business is not going to grow if you don't have the drive to go into work every day the business is not going to grow so for me it's just been that precious commodity time and whether it's an age thing i think you know i'm obviously getting a little bit older um and reflecting a lot more but i think you really need to make sure you're happy with what you're doing and if you're not change direction and it doesn't mean you have to completely change industry or go from what it could be from one job to another but it could be just you know just changing a few things in your business redefine your role what do you do in your business have a think about what you're not happy doing outsource that whatever it might be but just make sure you're enjoying yourself when you come to work and um what i would recommend people do if they're really struggling with that and how do you actually do that because you know you're in a business this is how i earn money well, what else can I do? But mm. just when you're doing something at work or we're doing something in business and you're really not enjoying it, jot it down. And by the end of the two two weeks or a month, you'll have a list of things there and you can say, well, how do I fix this? How do I, is there someone else I can delegate that to? Is there someone Great in the advice. business who's better than me to do that because I really don't want to do it? Is there a smarter way? Is there a cheaper way to be doing this? So just continue to, I guess, challenge what you're doing day to day, particularly if you're not enjoying it. And test yeah. your perspective on things too. Like, again, sometimes people, you know, don't enjoy anything. You know what I mean? So you've got you to ask the question. And I had a great, a great line a mentor said to me is to retest and see if you can find the enjoyment in what you do that's aligned with what you enjoy in life. And that was great advice because it shifted my perspective of going, I might be moaning about this, but actually when I, when I, when I really ask the deeper question, this is who I am and this is what I like to do. So it was almost like an internal shift of almost having an optimism bias to, to a certain 
degree to go, actually, this is, you know, I used to do this when I was young and it links and it's, um, and doors open even with that attitude shift uh, personally. So you want to challenge it, but you also want to challenge yourself in regards to how are you perceiving what you're doing as well. And I think if you can get what Nick has said there and test it with that perspective internally for yourself, I think you're going to come to a really good place of getting some great answers moving forward. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. glad you said that because just, just to round that off, the, the, the other thing um, which I was going to talk about later is just the thirst for education that I've developed. But if don't also be scared to learn a new perspective because sometimes you know, your perspective might be very singular whereas someone else's perspective might be completely different. So you know, the importance of educating and understanding what else is out there um, is another thing that I've learned as well because yep. there could be another perspective on it that you're just not sure about that you need to learn about. Guys, uh, everything you guys have said to, to kind of further reiterate on that, when I think about thoughts of 2021 and, and some reflections, um, you guys touched on a lot of it. And one thing that popped into my head, which was part of my reflection, was purpose. Like purpose trumps so many things that can be, can be not, not feeling good day to day. But with true purpose in what you're doing, and especially when leading a team, you know, I don't go to work to do a tax return or a set of financials. I go to work to help someone have a better life, to make sure their financial decisions and their future decision-making, I'm there for them. And that's my purpose for myself and my team and the organization. So thinking about the challenges of the year and COVID and things that went wrong and, you know, we, we went from a team of 14 to a team of 27. And Marty, you talked about communication. You know, Wow, the, the challenges in communication when you have 14 or 27, it's, it's so much more challenging. And, you know, my reflection around that, not just communication, was culture, how culture tr like trumps and beats so many things that might not be going right. With the right culture and the right mindset of your, yourself and your team, you can overcome things. So, you know, I looked at our systems and procedures and a lot of the tech and software we were using. It wasn't all kind of talking to each other properly. But the great culture of our organization, purpose-driven people who truly rocked up to work and cared about what they were doing and the people they were serving, it meant that if something was broken or a process didn't work, they fixed it. They, they got it to work. And, and people have pushed and progressed this year. And not even myself as, as one of the business owners, but looking at the entire team of, of where we were at the start of the year to where we are now, there is just a huge difference in, in the way the, the business runs and operates. And I couldn't be, couldn't be more proud and, you know, the, the biggest takeaway for myself has been that this has been a year of just work and, and working on survival to, to keep business owners going through the motions of COVID, getting funding, all of that. And unfortunately, it took away from our time working on the business. Um, so we weren't strict enough on making sure we were tracking and measuring things internally. Um, but the growth was phenomenal, right? To go from 14 to 27 without even thinking about it, it was because our culture and our purpose drove all of that organically. And um, look, if we can put some things in place around that so that, you know, moving forward into next year, which we'll probably move into uh, a bit of that soon. But yeah, very, very excited. Um, and look, I think a challenge to people out there is to actually reflect. And I think a lot of people have been so busy working and haven't had holidays because you know you haven't been able to go away after nearly two years we're finally in a position where i think i've heard so many people talking about finally taking a holiday and taking a break and while i don't want people to go away and think about work and business and their jobs but this is your opportunity to actually reflect and take stock of the year that was or the two years that were and are you happy you know what nick said you know you need to be truly happy and of course there's days where you're not going to be happy but if every day you're going into your job or business and you are miserable, don't do it. Like it's time for a change. So you yeah, think about and reflect on that. Um, that's that's our that's our message. I think collectively that that you know it's not too late to change. Some people make changes in their thirties, forties, fifties, and and go on to do some incredible things. It shows you how important resilience is, Jace, too, because I go, yeah, in business every year you grow, and what we talk about a lot is just being. Uh, in the trenches of business and like I said I, I think about your journey and your growth and you know growth always exposes gaps where you need mm. to you know fill strategy in yep. and that that never changes uh, for us it's a little bit different we've we've certainly grown 
in regards to what we've been able to extract and grow in the business without increasing numbers so much. But that's a credit to the talent of our team and that like you talk about the purpose of we're building lives here. Yes, we're building businesses, but we're building lives. Whether I'm having an interaction with anyone in the business, um, it's that's that's really what we're doing ultimately in the form of a business. And you you two have absolutely nailed it. If you if if the only time you're happy is when the money hits the account, there's a problem. And that's how you know. Like you know, you go, I got paid today. Thank goodness. You know, it's it's like it's almost a relief for you know your your effort. There's a problem. You've you've got to backtrack it and be really excited in that next interaction. And and again, be as enthusiastic under challenge as you are in opportunity. If you can carry that enthusiasm for problem solving and building towards the vision we've talked about in previous episodes, and you're making a difference out there, not only to the market but to your own team, um, it's never going to be perfect, and that it never will be. We talked about that before. But it's important to keep learning and progressing. And when there is a mistake, everyone makes mistakes. Every business owner will make a mistake. Every team member will make a mistake. To look at it, learn from it, and you get a little bit further ahead. You know, yep. Don't be the intellectual failure that knows everything but does nothing. Get into the trenches, keep learning, keep applying your learning, and you know, keep growing. And that's what excites me about business. That's what excites me about people is to see the growth. Like, look at Nick, what he's talking about and what he's learned. I'm 49, you know, 10 years, 10 years older than Nick. And, you know, I've learned probably the most ever in this year than I have in my career. And I'm excited for that. So when, when there's a real crisis or a challenge that hits, you know, it's about, okay, what do we need to do? What can we learn from it? And what can we do better here? And like Nick said, I am as as more solid on my street smarts avatar with what I've learned in the last couple of years than I've ever been. I'm so excited about that and for different areas in the business of the people we want to be coming on this great journey with us. And um and that's what excites me going, Oh, that's that to me feels locked in. Now I'll probably be sitting here next December going, It's locked in now. <laughs> <laughs> based on what I've learned next year. But I think that's the that's the beauty of, of what what happens in what we do in our lives, whether you're an employee, whether you're a, a you know a, a managing director, whatever the case may be, as long as you come with that spirit and you look to apply those learnings, you're always going to progress. And that's the opportunity we all have. And life is too short. I've said it time and time again, you know, money can come and go, time just goes. So you want to make best use of that time with the people you want to enjoy your life with in work and at home and social and um, and and really make it make it a look back when you're ninety going geez that was a ride you know look back when you're a hundred go that was a great adventure you know who cares you'll end up in that box anyway one day so you may as well have great fun and create some moments along the way right hundred percent. A bit philosophical there, sorry guys. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it, Nick. Nick, I might throw to you, mate. Um, I don't know what your reflection is, but what looking at Jan twenty one versus December twenty one. Yeah. What do you know now, or what are you feeling now in December twenty one that was different to Nick in Jan twenty one? Well, I'm just gonna. I couldn't leave twenty twenty one without mentioning payroll tax once more. Um, <laughs> so the one thing that I learnt last week that. Not only did I not know in January 2021, but didn't exist, is all of a sudden payroll tax is now due quarterly instead of annually, Jace. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, it depends on your size of your payroll and the size of it. Yeah. And then and then don't wanna don't wanna completely derail you and really get you offside, but then eventually it'll go to monthly as well. Yeah. So, you know, because <laughs> the government cannot manage their cash flows, they they now want us to manage ours so that they have a recurring revenue. So just wanted yeah. to bring that up. I actually <laughs> saw that yesterday, and oh, I was very, you have very Christmas to be kidding me. Now you want to take us off, take it off us every month. So yeah. Um, anyway, so look for me. Um, oh, look, there's a few things. Um, there's two things I that that have come to, to mind straight away. Is yeah, just an understanding of the incredible management team that I've got around me in my business. And look, they they were there in 2021, but I think. 
as the business has grown um, and as I've focused on more things around the growth of the business and, and more high level stuff, but yeah, just, just the value of having an incredible management team around you. And Marty's one of those. Um, Geordie's been on the podcast before. Um, Caden is, is another young guy we've got in the business who's, who's part of that team. So just the, you know, we talk about safe hands in our business, but, but for me personally, just knowing that that set of safe hands is there and that you can detach, I feel like I can detach a lot more, I want to detach from the business, but there's a lot more things I can let go now in the business to focus on other things because I know, um, that there's a set of safe hands there. So that's one big thing for me, um, from a business point of view. The other thing is just um, how much my thirst for education has grown the last 12 months. Um, it was kind of there last year, but the more that I read, um, whether it's business or, um, or you know, self-help, books for lo- self-help books for lack of a better phrase, but the, the more you learn, I feel the more that you get a thirst for knowledge. And I think, I think when you're older, you start to realize this. Well, I'm realizing this now. And you, when you can choose what you learn and you understand um, what, what I guess drives you and then you can go and find a book on that and read it, you will read. So I used to be one of those people that would say, I don't read, can't be bothered, haven't got time. But when I started to read things that I was interested in, that turned around really quickly. And you know, I don't have a lot of time to read and it actually bothers me that I don't. And I'm trying to work out ways that I can do more of it next year because I'm, I'm up, I understand the value that it adds. And I've learned so much this year through reading books or listening to podcasts that um, I wouldn't have done 12 months ago. And I would have done it to, a, to some degree 12 months ago, but 24, 36 months ago, I wouldn't have done it at all. So that's probably the big, um, the big things that have changed for me in the last 12 months. It's a, big, it's a great comment, Nick, because um, mentors have always said to me as you go along the path, it's all about awareness and, and stretching your awareness and finding relevancy and educating yourself based on that relevancy. So it's, um, it's, I've said it before, but, you know, it's like Marty, Marty Vitikovic at 29 is very different at 49 as he was at 39. So it's... Um, it's incredible as you go along the path, but it's all awareness and yeah, you know, all those those epiphanies you have through you know someone else's experience in areas that you're interested in is uh, quite remarkable. So I love seeing you guys have actually that that be on that journey because it's um yeah it just opens more doors from your perspective and and what you want to do with your life and what's important and and I've I've seen you know. I, I, you're 39 just turned 39 nick happy birthday and um and birthday, the other nick, day yeah. yeah and you know jace being 35 i think is that right uh, 34 still 33 uh for another 30. well maybe by the time this episode airs i might have just turned 34 but yeah i'm holding on to 33 <laughs> for a little bit longer you can hang on to it but but i remember being at that at that time and thinking geez i've got this you know i i, I think i know quite a bit now along my path and just the learning from 40 onwards and the hunger and thirst for um, you know, understanding not only who I am at a deeper level, but why I'm here and the purposes I serve. And, and it becomes more human as you get older from my perspective, but you don't lose your business capability. You keep adding to that quite logical and logistically as you go. But yeah, I, I think um, it just gets better, boys. It just gets better. So I like, I like that you're on those... Uh, self-discovery and also business discovery as well because I think uh, you'll just continue to surprise yourselves. Jace, what about yourself, mate? Yeah, look, um, a lot of what you said hits home pretty hard, Nico, and and I think back to Jan 21, we were three or four months into the future advisory journey and and it was not felt like a shambles, but it was it was organised chaos. It was we were running a million miles an hour and now a year on where we are, We've we've done those things. We're a young business, and and I get a lot from spending this time with you guys. And and I'm really fortunate to be in this position to to share the wisdom that you guys bring from a from a business of you know nearly 15 years old versus a couple of years old. So we put in a management team. I think that was one of the best things that we did this year was to get some people around us that took some of the responsibility off the business owners and bring up a senior leadership team to help us take control of the business as it got to that size where it couldn't be run by just 
just the business owners. It was getting too big for us to run and, and actually grasp and hold onto everything. So a management team in place in December or November, December compared to Jan 21, We've got a business mentor, a business advisor. Um, having an external person advise our business just means that all the stuff that we miss because we're in here doing it every day, somebody externally comes and sits down with us every week and just guides us and, and is a shoulder to cry on or some advice on things that we're unsure of. Um, and a bit of a change in mindset around, you know, the, the high-performing team um, kind of mindset, which has been great work-wise. Um, from a personal level, um, which is kind of still work-wise, um, I'm getting more involved in the CPA now than I've ever been before. So and here I've had a lot of opportunity to um, influence the decision-making around the CPA and, and getting infiltrating into the public practice committee, being involved in the, like, the conferences and events that they're going to have next year. Um, and even kind of telling them they need to get on Instagram and start to promote um, some of their stuff or, or social media stuff, which is really cool. And personally, January 21, I wasn't married. And December 21, I will be married finally, thanks to – no, thanks to you, COVID. Beauty. Um, and, yeah, really, really excited just to see this year out. And, and um, yeah, there's been just huge differences, December 21 versus Jan 21. And, um, yeah, I couldn't be happier. And the education thing, Nick – I think that's a fantastic one to touch on and education around everything, right? Like mental health and physical health, hey, you know, education doesn't have to be around the job that you do every day. Like I think education just, you know, filling yourself with some knowledge and, and some really good information to, to help you have a better life. And, you know, a couple of the recent books I've read being Ray Dalio's Principles and um, the Netflix No Rules Rules story there it influences decisions that I make each day because I'm thinking about those things that I've learned recently and, um, you know, looking forward to doing more reading in, into 2022. And, um, yeah, before we get on to our 2022 focuses, what about you, Marty? What's your, your Jan 21 to December 21, Marty? I think for me is um, keep asking great questions about what I want in my life. It's more personal because I know the <laughs> I've been around business a lot and I'm I'm educating myself in, you know, interests that I have that I try and bring back to innovate. Um that that's external because that's what I've always done. But for me it's just keep keep making sure I'm in alignment. Keep making sure I'm connecting with people. Um sometimes I can get, you know, in, in my numbers head too much. So for me, and I'm a really social being. I, I've always have been uh, playing sports and everything like that, but I'm really looking forward. Um, I'm really looking forward to engaging with the team and innovate at a deeper level, just socially, just purely because there's some great people in the group that we just haven't got to play with. Like we've been so busy on doing the work, and we've been restricted in in that connectivity. Um, and I, I realise how much I've missed that over the course of the year. Like you almost feel kind of robotic and. Yes, you have your interests elsewhere, but you sort of more. You've, we've been isolated more than ever, and I really haven't enjoyed that um, side of things. Even though we've cre always created strategies around it, but I think personally, that's been a real understanding of me internally to go. I need that engagement. I that's how I learn. I, I learn experientially a lot of the time, and I take something away from everyone I interact with, and you know. Cherry picked the great things about it, and that improves my life. And I've real, I've sort of really missed that having that distance between people. I've really missed that, and and I think, yeah, that that's the big takeaway for me. How much I really need that in my life, and how much that gives me um, as a person. And I'm really looking forward in 2022, uh, really, you know, just digging in and getting great those great relationships humming on more of a social level as well as a business level. Um, yeah, but that's, that's, I know it's more of a personal one, but that's certainly something that yeah, I'm happy to share. 100%. Now guys, predictions, 2022, whether you want to talk about property, crypto, your own business, your own life, uh, maybe throw to you, Nick, but what, what has 2022 got in store for us? Have you got any philosophical kind of high level views on the world? Oh, look, I'm not going to, to make predictions on crypto, obviously. <laughs> pretty clear. Got absolutely no idea. Uh, look, real estate, I'm really hoping, hoping, and just to, to lay some foundations here, we deal with a lot of real estate agents. We have the mortgage business, so we talk about this stuff all the time. But, and obviously, it'd be a big topic for a lot of our listeners, whether they're investors trying to get into the market, wondering what their homes are worth. 
you know, we're we're hoping and thinking it it'll be a steady market next year, and we'll just see some normal transactions. You know, none of this supply demand, um, no supply demand issues, constant supply or a steady supply and a steady uh, level of demand. And I I think the market will pretty much stay where it is from a price point of view, but you won't see the crazy stuff you've seen, particularly in the last three or four months from a price point of view. Um, look, personally, um, personally for me, bless you, Jace. Thank you. Oh, nice. yeah. um, personally for me, it's just about um, yeah, just making our business something more than a business. And, you know, Marty kind of touched on this with the people, um, but to bring it, you know, to, to isolate the business side of things like, I think our business is going to another place um, and, you know, we've been a small business, uh, small to medium business, but we've got a really good handle now on what the future looks like. So, you know, next year for me or the prediction is that we'll have a business that still does what it does, but will look significantly different by the end of next year from a high level. Um, and that involves a lot of things. I won't go into it, but um, yeah, for us, I think, yeah, we're, We've laid some really good foundations, I guess, is another way to explain it. And I think we're really going to capitalise on that uh, in the 2022 calendar year. Um, and that's going to be my focus for next year. Jace, what about yourself? Yeah, I was uh, hoping you'd go next, Marty, and I was going to steal some of your <laughs> predictions for 2022. But um, look, I'm a bit the same. I, I do a lot of listening on, on all different things. And definitely, um, look, crypto is just its own world, but it is making so much noise that it's so hard not to kind of start to think about. And I think it'll be another year where that continues to gain a lot of traction and, and it's going to dominate the media and, you know, do your own research, look into your own things. But even friends of mine who I never thought would get into it have started messaging and talking about which coins they're buying and why and, you know, the research they've put into it. So I just think as the noise gets more and more, um, it's looking, you know, I think that technology that underpinned, underpins cryptocurrency um, is probably needs to be a bit more focused into that heading into 2022. And even as a business, I, you know, I want to be able to, be one of the first accounting firms in Australia to accept cryptocurrency as a payment, you know, through a payment gateway. I think I think that's just going to be setting ourselves aside as, as doing something a bit different and being that that future firm. Um, twenty twenty two predictions um, or focus, you know, looking into that direction. Look, we've spent years and years and years worrying about growth and revenue for the sake of revenue. Um, I'm looking at twenty twenty two as our year where we can actually focus on profit margins running a really good business that operates really successfully. Um, we can grow, we can add clients. We've got no issues or struggles there, but the challenge is going to be finding gun talent, like the war on talent heading into 2022. I know we've touched on it with the great resignation. I'm, I'm hoping the great resignation actually drives people to want to come and work at Future Advisory for what we're doing, the culture we have and, and the purpose of why we exist and where we're headed. I want people to get excited about the journey we're on. We're a couple of years into what I hope is 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 going to be a 100 plus year business. Like it shouldn't go anywhere. Like the way we're building it, and what we're working towards is building something special. And I think 2022 needs to focus on that. And it's more so being around smooth and sustainable are the words we're using internally. You know, we've gone through chaotic growth, high speed, hustle, hustle, go, go. I want to give the team and anyone who wants to join us a year of smooth and sustainable get the technology and the software right, the systems and processes, the reporting, the management team and the flows, smooth and sustainable. And I need that personally too. Looking at a personal level, I need a year of that where I can come back down to earth after years of doing lots and lots of crazy things and running myself you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week on future advisory, death gin, coffin co, doing stuff with the CPA, zero awards and zero partner advisory. It needs to be a smooth, sustainable year. So 2022, bring it on. Looking forward to it. What about you, Marty? Yeah, for me, personally, it's um, what not to do. You know, I'm pretty active like yourself, Jason, wanting to do 200 things at uh, 200 miles an hour. And generally, at some point, you'll uh, drive over your own foot, <laughs> which I've, I've done in the past uh, many a time. And, and I know myself, I have certain like, the and I got this out of Ray Dalio as well, but mm. I've personalized principles to my own principles. And I go, it's amazing by having that how often I want to go outside of it. Like that was the that was the real epiphany to me. And I've got this set criteria personally that I will only act upon like if it's an investment, if it meets a certain criteria based on my study. And it's like, it's amazing. And I learned that in my 30s 
because, you know, I probably did 30 things where I could have done three things that actually made a difference. Mm -hmm. So it's patience and focus in the right areas. Um, very similar to you in regards to what you're saying about the business we had two years ago, massively high growth. And then this year, we've really been sustainable. We've probably, we've colored in the lines of that growth and put in fantastic processes that have really set us up. And now, like Nick has said before, we, we have real clarity around the people we want to come with us on this, on this, on this journey uh, towards the vision we want to accomplish. And I think, again, it, instead of going, we have to do this yesterday, I think we now have a system that we can just bring in great talent and we can attract great talent because of what we've established and um, really enjoy that natural organic growth rather than having to force it. I think we can actually go with the wave instead of having to really feel like we're punching punching outside of a paper bag to make it happen. Uh, we're naturally going to make it happen, and we've done a lot of work around this. So I feel like we're going to get a, a natural upswing just by attracting great talent. Property market, I think, will be steady and a fair market, like Nick said, yep. which I'm excited about because I know our team have great capabilities and they're going to shine in a fair market instead of a desperate market where you know everyone's just trying to get an edge on price and uh, trying to do everything yesterday. So I think that'll actually suit our style and for the people that want to work on long-term investments and looking at clients for life instead of just the next transaction. So I think that's going to give us a huge advantage in the market. So um, yeah, I'm really excited about 2022. I feel more calm about it than I did in the previous two years. Um, I just feel like we've done a lot of work, we've learned a lot, and it's it's time to really just bear the fruits of still putting that great work to good use uh, for every member within our team. And the the Baby Bombers 2022 Premiership Cup, like well, how could we not be excited about next year, Marty? It would make me the happiest man alive <laughs> if we were able to pull off that uh, flag or at least win a final. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's pretty quiet there. Tex, Tex Walker's back, mate. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, okay. Adelaide will come through. A couple through. of years, yeah. Bulldogs <laughs> are looking good, though, in the NRL. So we've got some big signings. So might focus my attention there this year, next year. I think. Well, what a year, guys. It's been... Uh, it's been a pleasure to learn from you both and um, and thank you to our audience who we know we've got um, people that come back to the podcast time and time again and uh, appreciate the feedback. There's a lot of feedback coming through now, people wanting to know more about shares and people wanting to know more about business. So um, we really appreciate people coming back to us and you know share it with your friends, share it with a business owner that you think the podcast will make an impact for. Um, like I said, at the end of the day, I feel like we're sort of a small-scale little advisory board for uh, small business owners out there, and we're having great discussions too with business owners out there that uh, you know, we're learning from as well. So, yeah, thank you for coming on this journey with us because it's been quite a ride, don't you think, boys? I have, and very well said, Marty. Couldn't have said it any better, to be honest. Um, yeah, I've, I've had a good year. Yeah, 100%. And uh, in the words of Marty, because I can't say it any better, game over. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. It's a new game. <laughs> game over. Bye for now. I <laughs> oh, no. oh, love it. <laughs>